So welcome everybody. This is um, April the 18th, 2019. And tonight's topic for a new human experience podcast is addiction from whole, from feeding the whole to being whole. So let me kind of define um, first, first and foremost, define what I mean by addiction addiction and hang on a minute actually i would like to uh, mute you all first so there will be no um surprise sound okay great so so i just want to define what i mean by addiction so we kind of all on the same start with the, the same page is an addiction for me is really a compelling and irresistible reliance on a substance or a feeling or a person or um, anything. So it is the, the, the emphasis is really on compelling and irresistible. It's, it's like you can't help yourself, but you always go and um, use that, that substance or feelings or all that to um, to kind of make yourself feel better or help yourself get through the day. So that for me is what a, an addiction is. And who am I to really talk about addiction? It's not like I'm addicted to cocaine or you know crystal meth or anything anything that resembles um, that at all. However. Um, I just want to mention is that addiction to drugs like cocaine or crystal meth and, and those street drugs is really one, I would say, more destructive and extreme form of addiction. However, humanity as a whole, um, for the time being, is really very addictive. We have addictive personality. We are addicted because um for example things like um, i remember um, i remember there was a time when i feel depressed this is quite a number of years ago now and for me it's like i just wake up in the morning and i would just feel depressed and like i may be able to distract myself let's say you know listen to some good music or go for a movie but when i am back and not really um, actively doing something to distract myself, I would go back to that go-to emotion, which is sadness or feeling of, you know, of, of just unmotivated and, and all that. So that really actually is an addiction because we don't quite know, we don't really know that when we're in a certain mood, when we want to feel, when we feel a certain way in our body, our, our body actually have to um, secrete all sorts of hormones and chemicals in order to make us feel a certain way. So when we, when we um, day in, day out, have, try to evoke the same feelings, our body has to produce the same chemicals, the same hormones in order to make sure that we have that feeling. So it is actually an addiction. Only the addiction is not us taking a substance outside, but it's actually we request 
or demand our body to actually make those or create that that um, um, uh, that mix of, of um, hormones and chemicals in order for us to feel a certain way. So feelings, feeling a certain emotion all the time, it's an addiction. It does not have to be something like um, depression. It could be it could be anger. Uh, some people feel anger a lot of the times and it does not take much to make them um, angry. Their go-to emotion is anger and, and they feel um, you know, really uptight and, and on the verge of exploding all the time. So that is also an addiction. And even things like checking email or checking our cell phone, making seeing if somebody has texted us or, or checking Facebook or taking selfies or taking pictures all of ourselves all the time. And all these things, any behavior, that we compelled to do over and over and over again, um, not out of necessity, but because it somehow makes us feel like we're doing something. So that is actually an addiction. And if you look at all these ways, different ways of, um, I would say, less destructive kind of addiction, you understand that what I mean by saying that humanity as a whole is very addictive. Uh, our characters is very addictive. I'm not saying it in the way that it is good or bad. I'm just seeing it as an observation because for myself, um, I have addiction as well. Actually, I have a lot of addiction. Um, drinking tea, for example, like if I have nothing else to do, um, I would just want to, well, the thing, the go-to thing that I want to do is make myself a cup of tea. I may not be particularly thirsty, but, you know, that's like, I don't really know what else to do. So then I would, in the absence of a better idea, I would make myself a cup of tea. It could be as simple as that. Or it could be as complicated as, um, I love to buy fabrics to make clothes for myself and that kind of fabrics. So I may be, so it, like if I haven't been to a fabric store for let's say a couple of weeks, it would feel like there's an itch that I really don't know how to scratch um, unless I actually physically take myself to a fabric store and just look at all these beautiful pieces of fabrics. And in my mind, just you know, imagine how good it is if this piece of fabric would come home with me and I would just be, you know, um, going around the fabric store over and over again, looking at every piece of, of fabric. Sometimes I would succumb to it and, um, and buy something. But most of the time I would say, okay, you know that you have suitcases and I'm not really exaggerating. I have suitcases full of fabrics already that's been following me around for at least the last 20 years. And um, some of them has been, you know, geez, maybe as long as 
like maybe even over 20 years and I haven't even touched them because I just have so many pieces of fabrics. So this is an obsession and like every time I cannot, I really cannot help myself, but I you know get another piece of beautiful fabric home and I would look at, oh my gosh, I did it again. Where am I gonna put this now? I'm running out of suitcases. I'm running out of places in, in my room to put it. I need storage space just to house all the things that I am addicted to buying and confetting and really saliv like salivating when I look at those things um, in the store. So it's, um, yeah, it, you may laugh, but actually I, I do have that addiction and I totally understand it. And actually I'm not the only one. A lot of people has it as well. And recently actually I listened to a, a TED talk by um, Gabor Mateis. He is a, he's Canadian, he lived in, the, um, he lived in Vancouver, I believe it's Vancouver in the West Coast. And he actually is a Canadian doctor that works with uh, drug addicts. And um, what was, what really um, moved me so much was not when he talked about his work with addicts, which is really phenomenal how he, he would do his best to motivate his clients to change and help them to, to shift their behavior. But what moved me most is that he described how he actually is addicted as well. His addiction was um, buying um, classical music CDs. And he described how one time he left his patient who was about to give birth to a baby, he left that patient in the, in the hospital while he snuck out, he actually snuck outside to buy another CD, which of course he could totally have waited had he been not so addicted to buying CDs, this, this um, addiction to possessing this, or it's not really about buying something, it's about doing something so that you can, um, for, for just maybe even a moment, to soothe your own mind so that you don't have to feel so anxious. And he actually described that he thought that it, it was because um, the addiction was due to trauma. So he grew up in um, war-torn, um, I think it was Czechoslovakia, but it may have, another, have been another um, country in Europe which was um, at the time was going what's like at the tail end of, of um, World War II, but still he witnessed um, some of his family members actually killed in front of him. And not just that, but neighbors and also all the carnage that's around him that totally shook him and tra traumatized him. And so he, he said that, um, People who have suffered trauma is somehow their brain does not develop fully so that the, the brain, our brain actually is um, amazing. If we feel some sort of anxiety, the brain was, would um, do its best to 
bring us back into um, equilibrium. So the brain would produce certain chemicals to try to balance out. But that mechanism would be short-circuited if there has been trauma um, within our, in our experience that would kind of um, somehow create a damage in our, 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 our brain, our physical brain, so that the part that is able to produce chemicals or hormones, release hormones to balance our, our nervous system would be not functioning well. And that's why some people are more easily susceptible to things like drugs. It's, it's actually, we, our, the brain is not able to balance itself out. And a person who has that imbalance the first time they they tried drugs, they would feel they may like if they tried the right kind of drugs, they would actually feel normal as they have never felt normal. That's why drugs seem so um, addictive. It's because when they have when they have the substance, when they consume the substance, all of a sudden they feel normal. They feel like a person that has never had that kind of uh, trauma before. So that's the addictive, um, that's what an, uh, the addictive brain looks like. And I just want to mention that most people that are born in the, the modern era is actually already traumatized because we were born in we were born in hospital. We were born where the first thing we do um, when a newborn come, come, come out of the mother's womb is we slap them and make sure that they cry and, and all that. And then um, a lot of the times, if not the same day, usually a couple of days or, or maybe a couple of weeks, we start to inoculate them with all sorts of... Um, you know, chemicals that is such a trauma to our own system. And we do it in the, in the name of, um, you know, making sure that the baby is healthy, they don't, you know, so that their immune system can be, um, like there will be a boost to their immune system and, and all these things that we think we're doing, but we're actually traumatizing ourselves right from, the get-go, most people are traumatized. And anything else that happens after that is just more trauma on top of trauma. So maybe trauma is, um, is not quite the, 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 the right word for it, but it's, but it's not really the uh, trauma, uh, let's say, could mean that it is one big thing for example, like seeing your family being killed in front of you, that definitely is a trauma. But the other thing is like very small, but um, very small steps, but constant and daily little things that happens in our life that um, on, like if it's just one incident, it does not matter. However, day in, day out, when we are um, exposed to the same little things, it actually, as it adds up year after year, it becomes a trauma. It may not be a trauma the first time, the first day, 
but if the same little things, it's just like when somebody looked at you and they don't notice you the first time, it may not face you. But if everyone around you started to overlook you and don't pay attention to you, sooner or later, you would make up stories in your mind about why people don't notice me, what's going on, and then. At some point, you would feel somehow violated. So there are two kinds of traumas. The one is like the big axe falling in, and the other kind is just little things, but consistently and persistently. And after a while, you become traumatized, and you don't know how to get out of that mode anymore. And your brain and the your brain chemistry somehow has become. Fixated in a certain way, so um, that's really the I would say the more biological and the psychological part of what addiction is. And then um, there is also the other way is is really how to look at addiction as or trauma as a from a spiritual point of view. So, from a spiritual point of view,、um, yes, we have things happening to us. Sometimes it could be traumatic, and sometimes it may not seem like much to someone else, but to the person that is experiencing that, their soul actually have arranged for certain things. According to our makeup, according to what our soul needs, we actually all these these trauma and all these things. We have to understand that we actually, our soul is actually the one that orchestrated all of it. Yeah, who like what what soul in their in the right mind would、um, want to to. Really expose yourself to that, to something that is as traumatic as seeing your family members being killed in front of you, or anything、um, that is equally, or maybe、um, not as equally traumatic. Why would a soul do that? However, that's what a soul does. We, we, because that really is what. A soul needs in order to break itself out of the illusion of life, because we come here not really to、um, not really to live a a normal, easy life. We are here to grow, to evolve our soul, and there are certain part of the 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 soul's、um, development that needs this kind of. Of stimulus in order for the soul to grow, so it is really like、um, creating a diamond. You can't create a diamond by、um, soft and being being、um, being loving to the chemicals. You have to actually put a lot of pressure、um, on top of a coal, on a lump of coal, so much pressure that It actually makes the the 
molecular structure of a coal to start to turn into a diamond. So the same way is that the soul needs a certain amount of um, really trauma or other ways to go against, to, to really wake itself up to the, the point where it starts to understand, oh, I'm, I'm really not here um, to live this human life. I'm actually here to wake myself up, to really get to know who I truly am beyond this body, beyond these experiences, beyond these, um, these stories that we've made up when we have these experiences. So I'm not saying that that is that um, adversity is the only way that a soul can grow, but I'm saying, definitely saying that there is a certain development process that a soul has to go through. And part of that process is we need to go through these kind of adversities. And once that uh, we, we graduated from that, once we get through that, then we may not need to go through the same process again. That there is, um, after this period of adversities, there is actually another phase where the, the, the soul itself can grow through collaboration, through love, and through other, um, through positive, not negative reinforcement. And at some time, our soul needs to go through all these things. So being a human being and being on the soul's journey the best thing we can do is actually try not to um, repress it because when we take a drug, we actually, um, we actually start circuiting that. The best way is to not repress anything, is to actually feel the, the trauma and go through to the other end. It's not to repress, it's not to suppress, and it's not to not look at it is not to never expose ourselves to any experience that will give us trauma that's also like avoiding it. avoidance is actually not is also not the right way is to really be the observer of the the journey that our soul is orchestrating for us to instead of reacting is to go to the observer mode and just observe okay this is happening to me and this is the story that I you know, naturally um, come up with. And once we've realized the stories that we come up with, and it's also about going through and letting the emotions come up and also subside and let go of the stories, let go of the emotions and let it go as well. And when we can get to the part where we can just observe life, and observe the soul's journey rather than being caught up with it, then it actually is we get to, through that phase easier. It will be easier for us to get to the point where, okay, let go of everything, be the observer, and find out what it is that we need to learn. It's because the, the soul is actually taking us on a journey, a, a learning journey. So 
when you can learn the when you can learn the lessons learn what the, your soul is trying to show you then you don't need to you don't need to be affected by it anymore you don't need to repeat the same lessons over and over again you actually can just observe and see oh that's the pattern because my own pattern is i like i i don't feel enough so I need all these things. I need to buy these things. And it's really the, um, the spiritual, I would say, learning that I need to, to learn is to just know that I am enough already. I have everything that I ever needed to have. I actually have truckloads of things that I needed to have. I have everything already. And so um, instead of feeling that hole and trying to use other things to feed and fill that hole is to actually, when we can be the observer, we can start to know that we are already whole. We don't need this drug. We don't need the, another piece of fabric. We don't need another um, you know, skein of knitting yarn or all, any of those other things to make me feel enough or to, um, to kind of feed that hungry ghost within us is that there really is no hole that needs to be filled because when we drop our human um, how, how should I say it? When we drop our human insecurities and really remember that we are not humans, um, I am not this body, that I'm really a spiritual being having a human experience. I am not my body, but I do have a body. So when I identify with the spirit within me, the soul within me, more than I identify with the body and the, the, the ego construct of who I think I am. And somehow that ego construct uh, have me to be always lacking. When I can let go of all of that and be okay with all of that, then um, I start to become the whole within us. The, the wholeness within myself, I can start to remember that I am not separated from anyone else or anything else. Even though the piece of beautiful fabric is somewhere else in the fabric um, store, however, that is also a part of me. It's not separate from me. Everything is already a part of me, that I am already that I already have everything that I need. And that's all I'm going to say about um, addiction and also how to get out of the addiction mode. The next part of this, uh, this podcast is really to uh, do the meditation part. So I thought it's um, really appropriate to just be and feel 
the the wholeness and to get back to oneness again and not just oneness with ourselves with our soul but actually oneness with our soul family with all that is so i encourage you all to just um, start to relax your shoulders and start to just uh, find a very comfortable way to sit or maybe lie down or maybe whatever position it is that you needed to put yourself in in order to feel comfortable for the next 10 to 15 minutes. And find your own breath. Find it by just breathing into your body, into your lungs, fully and completely. Inflate your lungs fully, and when you're ready, just let go. Do this a couple more times, but just inflate your lungs fully, and then easily and effortlessly just let go and as you let go relax your shoulders relax your mind relax your attention relax everything about yourself and just remember space in your body where it is just in between the last rib of your rib cage and there is a tender spot there and it is actually also your unconditional love chakra Just start to put your attention at that space in your body. As you breathe in, imagine yourself breathing in from that part of your body. And you're taking oxygen in through your unconditional love chakra. And as you breathe out, you're breathing out from that chakra as well. And as you feel your attention in your energy shifting to that part of your body, just imagine that you are sending a beam of unconditional love from you all the way down into the middle of the earth. 
where the consciousness of the, the sun that is within the middle earth is and connect with this middle earth consciousness connect with it send your love being to it and start to feel that connection start to feel that warmth that comes back up from the solar consciousness that is within the middle of earth start to feel the love that comes back to you as this is also part of you it is just a part of you that you may not be aware of all the time and now you want to and choose to connect with it again. Feel the love being returned back to you. And just feel that every time when you send love down, love is being returned. And the more you send down, the more is being returned to you. And while you're still connected to this other part of you, it is from your center, your chakra of unconditional love. Send a beam of love, of unconditional love, up through the top of your head all the way up to the sun the local sun that is within the solar system that earth is a part of and within this solar system is the consciousness that is governing everything that is within the solar system Send love to this and feel this love being returned to you. Unconditional. It asks for nothing. It only wants to love you. Feel your affinity. with all the consciousness that is within this local solar system. And the next time you breathe in and breathe out, extend that beam of unconditional love from your unconditional love chakra through the solar sun all the way, all the way to the galactic central sun, the solar consciousness that is all of this galaxy that Earth is a part of. 
be reunited with this bigger part of you. You feel unconditional love being returned back to you as well. Because the galactic solar consciousness is also a part of you. Feel this extended part of you. You may not be consciously aware of all the thought forms that is within this galaxy, but you can feel them. You can feel their love. Receive it within your unconditional chakra. Feel the love, the unconditional love, a thick soup of this unconditional love that is wrapping itself all around you and is a part of you. And now extend even more. Extend this unconditional love and reunite with the parts of you that is beyond this galaxy, that is a part of all that is. It's a part of this cosmic universe. Invite the cosmic consciousness by sending your unconditional love and acknowledging that you know that they are here and you know that they are all just part of you, other parts of you. And extend this even further so that it is not just reuniting the cosmic parts, all the cosmic parts of you, but also be reunited with all of you from different dimensions, from the different parallel worlds. They too are just other parts of you. And call, you feel, you're so family.
reaching out to you and being with you. In love, in light. Feel their hands or their energy being connected with yours. There is no space and there is no time. It does not matter where each of you are, the rest of the soul family does not matter whether they are in the form or in non-form. They are all part of you. They all share love with you. and allow this connection with all parts of you. And just allow yourself to have this imprint of wholeness. Feel how it feels to be whole again, to be one with all that is, all that was, and all that we will ever be. Feel this holistic, pan-dimensional, of you coming together and just feel how expensive it is and remember this feeling of being whole of being one And just allow yourself to rest here. And let your consciousness, let each of your cells, let your DNA, let each part, each strand of your DNA, remember what it feels like. to be connected, fully connected to all parts of you.
united, reunited in love and light. In a few moments, I will start to count from one to five. And when I count to five, you have the option of choosing to just stay in this feeling of oneness. Or you can choose to be more aware of your surrounding and still hold on to this oneness in your mind. But be ready to move about the rest of the evening. It is your choice to just use this state of oneness to go into deeper meditation or to carry on doing other things while still holding this oneness in your consciousness. One. Start being a little bit more attention to your breath. Two. Three. If you intend to keep going on the rest of the evening to doing something else other than meditation, then you may want to start moving your fingers or wriggling your toes around. Four. Five. If you want to come back into the room, then you're welcome to do so. If you want to carry on with this meditation, you can just leave the podcast call 